eagle flies high, way up in the sky. It sees above the human eye. A different perspective, a broader directive. In doing so, it becomes more effective. Welcome to The Legal Eagle, a podcast where I examine aspects of the law that I'm passionate about. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Thomas, and my aim is to have conversations that will empower both professionals and the everyday person on the street. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Legal Eagle podcast. I've got Eugene with me today, and he is actually joining us in our new Barrister to Barista series. So, hi, Eugene. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on the show, Eugene. It's such a pleasure to be here. Ardent fan of uh, the legal Eagle. Oh, so thank you. Tune. Thank yeah. you for your support. <laughs> so, before we started recording today, Eugene actually made all of us amazing coffee with his <laughs> excellent coffee machine. I had an almond milk, which was almond milk latte, which yeah, was fantastic. Yeah. And I had uh, just a normal latte. Yes. Yeah, pretty. It was okay. <laughs> well, I, I the smell like I was fantastic. Oh, it was okay, great. That's great. Yeah. 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 So, Eugene, the reason why I have you on the show is because I've been interviewing lawyers who have turned into the like you know coffee space, either become baristas or just venturing out into the the whole coffee space, and you have done exactly that. <laughs> yeah. You started a law firm. In 2019? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and for listeners, it's called Arc Law Corporation. Arcane, yeah. yeah. And why did you pick the name Arc? Well, because I wanted a name that was... So I'm Christian and I wanted something to represent my faith in the firm. But I didn't want it to be overtly Christian because I didn't want people to feel that justice can only be had if you're Christian, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I wanted them to have the assurance that if they came on board, Dark <laughs> that they'd be well protected. Oh and wow! Shelter them. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm, hence, Arc Law. <laughs> yes, and a K, not a C. K, yeah. Oh yeah, because Arc is yeah. K. No, it's Arc. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, so how did you go from doing law? Because you you started off your legal career commercial litigation, commercial yeah, litigation, litigation, which would have been pretty intense. Yes. Long hours, and you went from that to starting your own law firm. What was the impetus for you? So when I first came out to practice, I was only at one firm and I was there for like many years wow. uh, until I left and I set up my own firm. And yeah. it was a wonderful place to be. I really loved working with my bosses, working with the colleagues that we had. It was such a, it was like heaven on earth, you know, mm. to be honest. But the only thing was there can be too much of a good thing, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so we were working really, really long hours, 14 to 18 hours on every single day and more sometimes. So after a while, it became quite draining and tiring. I really, really enjoyed the job. I love law and I love doing commercial litigation. But it's just that at some point when I turned 33, mm. I was just thinking to myself, is this really what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? To spend 14 to 18 hours in a law firm fighting cases. And after thinking about it and looking at my bosses, talking to the people who are important to me, I felt that, no, that's not really what I want to do. And I still love the practice of law. And that's why I came out and I'm still doing law. But I wanted to do other things as well. Yes. I wanted to volunteer in the community. I wanted to start new businesses. I wanted to try all these like entrepreneurial things. Absolutely. <laughs> and I feel like when you're not working for someone on your own, you get to explore so many different avenues, which yeah. is what, I mean, I've done the same thing with the podcast and all the things that I do. Yeah. And it's so wonderful to hear about all the different ventures you're involved <laughs> in. But today we're focusing on coffee. the coffee. The Lawful Good. So could you tell listeners about The Lawful Good? So The Lawful Good is really just an e-commerce business. I started it because I went for... So I've always loved coffee. Um, and one day I decided to go for a barista course with a friend. 
So we learned how to make coffee. It's the professional style of making it with all the like grinding, measuring, steaming the milk, doing latte art and yes. all that. Yeah. And so after the course, I wanted to practice at home. And then when I did my own research, I found out that all the machines that make proper espresso, they cost anywhere from like $1,000 upward. Which to me was prohibitively expensive because, yes. I mean, I love coffee, but not enough to sink $1,000 into something that I'm not sure whether I will use all the time, Yes, you know. And so I did some research and I spoke to the instructor, the barista instructor, and he actually recommended this brand, uh, this Chinese brand of coffee machines. And he said, essentially, it does the same thing that the professional machines do, but at a fraction of price. So it's a very low capital investment for somebody who's not really sure whether they're, they're really going to do this for the long term. Yes. Yeah, and so I just bought the machine and I tried it out. And I was so impressed because yes. it does everything that the professional machines do at two, three hundred, three four hundred dollars Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those other machines, they're fantastic. But they're, yeah. some of them are three four $4,000 for the yeah. whole setup. And yeah. it makes it so inaccessible for yeah. all of us who want to drink yeah. coffee. So, and there's a reason they cost that much because there is such... I mean, there's like engineering precision. Mm. There's a high degree of customizability. Yes. Yeah, but we don't need that as beginner baristas no. and home baristas. Yes. You know? Yeah, yes. all you really want is a nice cup, cup of, of coffee. coffee. Be able to practice all of your barista skills. Yes, absolutely. Grinding, try new beans, you know. Yes. Yeah, and there's really no need to get a $3,000 machine just to do that. I really like this machine. I enjoy it so much. And a few friends around me actually got the same machine. Oh, wow. Um, and we've all been using it. And it's been great. Wow. <laughs> and so I thought, hmm, I want to bring this into Singapore. Yes. Uh, but not everybody is as, can I say, adventurous. It's not easy to find it in a shop in Singapore. You'd have to import it from China. And not everybody can do that or knows how to do that. And so I wanted to create a platform, like kind of a safe space for people mm -hmm. who aren't that familiar with importing things from China to be able to buy something from a Singapore company, people in yes. Singapore, so that if something goes wrong, you know who to turn to. Yes, yeah. and that's why you started The Lawful Good. Exactly. And it's, uh, why is it called The Lawful Good? Because you're, <laughs> you're interested in the law yeah. and you're practicing law. Yeah, I mean, that's one part of it. So in millennial talk, yes. I like to think of myself as young enough to qualify. Oh, yes, we are definitely millennials. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. So when you play Dungeons and Dragons, there are like nine quadrants okay. uh, of like the lawful to the chaotic and then the I good see. to the evil. Ah. Yeah. So the lawful good is like at one far end of the quadrant. Basically, it's all the people who have good high morals, comply with the law, and then yes. they like help the poor, you know. That's kind of what I like to think I'm about. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and lawful kind of ties into like all the law stuff that I'm doing as yes. well. So, so yeah, I thought the name was like, yeah, Providence. So I just chose it. Yeah. Came across it. So it's really like oscillating between the two worlds of coffee and law. Yeah, and it sounds almost like it could be a hipster cafe. Kinda. Oh, it does sound like yeah. a hipster cafe. <laughs> So you started your firm and when did you get this idea like this is the time to launch into this business? So I truly believe that every time you start something new, I believe yes. in following through to the end when yes. you start things. So I don't start things with the intention of letting them go. Abandoning or, them. Yeah, abandoning yeah. them. So when I started the firm in 2019, end of the year, October, I gave it some time to stabilize. And so it was about a year and a half. And after that, things began to go quite smoothly. Things were running themselves. And so by June of 2021, I have time yes. on my hands. You yes. know, things have stabilized. So I decided, okay, let's try something new. Mm. And so I started looking into... And also June is the court vacation. So we've yes. got a bit of time for litigators yes. to kind of yes. do our own Have thing. a breather. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so I started to look into e-commerce and uh, how... You would go about setting up a business like this, setting up a Shopee store, mm -hmm. setting up like a, an office. 
bringing those things in. Yeah. And so wow. and, and I spent June learning e-commerce, learning Amazing. website design, oh. <laughs> <laughs> writing blog posts. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You really have. And I think that's the greatest, for me, the greatest part of mm. being an entrepreneur. You just have to be, to step up to whatever challenge you're faced with. Like, I yeah. mean, website design. Did you ever have to do website design as a lawyer previously? No. No, only in primary school. <laughs> in primary school. school. <laughs> yes. yeah. And, you know, writing, like, you know, yeah. editorials and just sourcing those kind of things. Yeah. Like finally writing about something that doesn't require case citations. Yeah. And footnotes. You know, and, yeah, footnotes. And, and yes, case citations, I think that's, yeah, yeah and journal yeah. articles. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think for me as an entrepreneur, having an ecosystem of people is so mm-hmm. important. Yeah. People whom I can collaborate with, who can bounce ideas off with me. Has that been your experience with the Lawful Good and with your firm? Yeah, yeah. So for the Lawful Good especially, it's actually not just me. I'm the person like kind of pushing it along. But I have two other people who are also involved. I don't have the consent to reveal their sure, names. Sure, no, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're also like friends of mine who are okay. very interested in coffee. They also yeah. have the same machine. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and we all had the same vision, which yes. was to bring this machine and to help people who have just gone for a birthday course or who are yes. beginners who want to like learn and don't want to shell out like a few thousand dollars for yes. that machine. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing this together. Wonderful. And it helps so much to have like friends in this space. Yes. Know, who can help you with different things. I, mm. I always find that in law, we kind of have this expectation that we have to be able to, in that sense, it's, it's yeah. Hokkien for doing everything. Yes. Yeah, like you have to know, or at least that's, that's how I was trained, you have to know every single step of the thing, even if you're not doing it yourself. Yes. You've got to know how to open a file, you've got to know how to assign a case number, you know, do your e-filing on e-litigation and all that, how to bind, how to do copies. Yes, yeah, And how everything. to draft research, talk to clients, everything. Yeah, like giving out work, delegating is not strength. And having all these partners in the Law for Good really helped me to learn how to let go of certain aspects mm-hmm. and to let the professionals do their work. Yeah. Yeah. To play to our strengths. Yes. Yeah, if you're good at design, you go ahead and you make this page look good. Yes. You know? <laughs> and that's what I learned as well. Like starting my own firm, I started off and I'm like, okay, I can do all these amazing things, but mm. I'm not amazing at all these things, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so do I spend a bit of my personal savings? and pay for someone like for me Mm. website design was never my forte Mm. so I paid a little bit of money for someone else to design my website and so I could focus on the things that made my soul sing but also there are some things for me realizing what my strengths are and what uh, my weaknesses are is such a good thing in entrepreneurship Mm. because you know when to delegate and when to just like okay I'm gonna do this task Yeah, yeah I really like what you said that you get to do all these amazing things, but you're not amazing at everything. Yes. And that is so true. Yes. Yeah, it's about finding that team of people or that Absolutely. ecosystem of partners yes. who are amazing at different things and then coming together and building one even more amazing thing together. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, COVID has been such a game changer, negative mm-hmm. and positive for businesses. Yeah. How would you say, was it an impetus for you to do some of these things? How has COVID changed the situation for you? Well, how COVID has changed this, it's made it even more pertinent, mm. you know, that we need to learn about all these things that may be a bit out of our comfort zone. Yes. Yeah, because law is an old profession. For as long as mankind has been around, there have been prostitutes and laws. <laughs> <laughs> and taxes and taxes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, and we're so comfortable in this, like, oh, it's been done this way for the longest time and we don't yes. need to learn and innovate. But COVID's really brought that to the front, right? Absolutely. Everything. We all need to change and we all need to learn new things. And e-commerce is one of those things that really is coming up in the world right Mm -hmm. now. 
I mean, right before this, I actually went and did some research in typical lawyer fashion, and I actually pulled up some numbers, which I cannot remember now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But basically, right, in 2020, when COVID was at its peak, there was actually a huge uh, decrease in global trade. I think something like 9 point something percent. But even with this decrease in global trade, there was such a huge bump up in e-commerce. I think in Africa and in South America, the number of e-commerce transactions doubled in 2020. Even in China, as a proportion of total retail transactions, it went up from 19 to 24%. Just in one year. Yeah. And what was interesting was in Thailand, in February, there were partial lockdown measures post-2020. Uh, and in March, the full lockdown came into effect. And in that one month, there was an increase of 60% in oh uh, e-commerce apps downloads. Wow. Yeah. And so really, that's the future. And I think something like 90% of people hmm. who were interviewed by this survey said that even after the pandemic's over, they are still going to continue to increase the amount of money that they spend on retail, on mm-hmm. e-commerce. Yeah. I think it's the convenience of it, right? It is. Having yeah. it uh, just a click away to be yeah. able to choose what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really the future. And we have to learn yeah. how to lean into it. Yes. You know, we can't always be doing the same things. No. Yeah. Because that would be so boring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And especially for lawyers, we're always banging our head against the wall. Yes. And every time we bang our head, we get paid. And the day we stop banging our heads, the day we don't get paid, you know. Yeah. It's really important for not just lawyers, but also all other professionals to find alternative sources of income. Yeah, where you don't have to always be working to generate income. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like passive income on the side. Exactly. Yes. And I think 100% that resonates with me as well as an Mm. entrepreneur. I think when COVID hit our shores in Singapore, what, Feb, Mm. I think March was like March, April. That's when we had to really like, how do we reinvent ourselves? How do we adapt to this change? Because we're all locked down. We can't do the things that lawyers did before. It's not the A to Z kind Mm. of lawyering that we're doing. We're doing innovation. We're doing collaborative kind of practices. We're talking and learning. Like for me, I do family law, right? So I had Mm. to, podcasting was one big thing for me. Mm. Writing articles was another thing. And just like, just expanding my horizon. Mm. I think we have our blinkers on in the law and we just focus on, okay, let's start a case and let's bring it to the end and that's it. And let's start again. And then we do that for 30, 40 years. But does that spark joy? For some people, it does. But I think for you and me, that wasn't going to be... Well, it still does for me. Oh, well, yeah, I don't well. know. It sparks joy. But that, just that alone is probably not enough. Yeah. But yeah. we need more, right? We need more, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like God has poured so much into us that we yes. kind of want to do more with whatever we've been given. Yes. Like the, the story of the talents, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So tell me, were there any challenges going into this coffee space mm-hmm. as you were setting up? Well, the, the thing is, I'm quite fortunate in the sense that I did this more as a hobby. Mm. So something that I really enjoyed doing and just something that I believed in rather than having to depend on it as a source of income, you know. Yes. Um, and so in that sense, the, the market is quite saturated. So we're in the third wave of coffee in yes. Singapore, right? Yes. So there are many people who do excellent coffee. They've got great machines and the prices are all coming down. So it is fierce competition. Yeah. yeah. So the machines that I bring in are from China. Mm. So that's not usually associated with quality. But of course, these machines have served us well. And it's really just a misconception that Chinese machines don't do as well. Mm. They, they do. Yeah. Yes. They're just different. Yeah. And they are produced more effectively and efficiently. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, education gap. Mm. And there needs to be a lot of sharing and telling people about why these machines are worth the amount of money. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, frankly, as Singaporeans, I think we all agree that we would rather pay a little bit more for something with quality rather than mm. some pay the cheapest price and then get something that doesn't last. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So there is this gap that needs to be bridged where we share with people 
yes. but how this machine although it is cheap it's not any worse it's just yes. a different kind of machine and you have temper your expectations so tell us more about this machine like <laughs> what is it called so the brand is called Gemilai or Gemilai yeah they've been around for many many years it's actually founded by an Italian who moved to China oh wow yeah and so they've been around for a while and this is like I think the second or third iteration of their home coffee machine they've got a whole okay. range of machines but this is the one that I use on our side, we carry three. Okay. Right? So the most basic one, which doesn't have like certain timers, and mm. it's basically bare bones. Mm. It makes perfectly good espresso. Wow. But it doesn't have all the frills. Yes. This is the middle tier one. It's got a timer. It's got hot water dispenser. You can steam your milk with it. And it makes perfectly great espresso. Yes. And then we've got a higher tier one, which is what we call a single boiler machine. So okay. what that does is it creates a more constant temperature for the mm. water so yes. that you get more consistent coffee. Yes. Yeah. So there are different tiers of it. But honestly, if you are just looking to practice and just make a good cup of coffee, the most basic one would do. Would do, yes. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I'm just outside when um, Eugene was making us coffee before, you were telling us about crema yes. and about espresso. Can you just yeah. tell, you were telling me about some essential oils or something no, that no, I've no, used? No, not essential okay, oils. No. Lavender. Yes. No, 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 lavender. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Who do you like to basically tell the listeners about? Yeah. What are so, you telling me? Yeah. So there are a few ways to prepare coffee, right? Yes. We all know there's like salt coffee and the yes. There is that is, first uh, wave coffee in Singapore? I suppose so. It's a very local kind of coffee. I'm not Kopi-o. sure if it falls within any of the waves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's one kind of coffee. Yes. And then you've got your pour overs. Yes. You've got your French press. You know, there are many yeah. different ways of making coffee. And yeah. what's special about espresso yeah. is that it brews at a pressure of at least nine bars. Or I mean, oh. well, there's some debate over what's the minimum for espresso, but nine yes. bars is generally the accepted uh, wisdom. Well, what is nine bars? Uh, nine bars means nine levels of atmospheric pressure. Oh, that sounds very technical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, what generally is expected for espresso. Okay. Eight to nine. La. And why that's important for espresso is because when you brew coffee under that kind of pressure, it extracts certain things from the coffee that cannot be extracted through other means. I see. Yeah, and the evidence of that extraction is the crema. Ah, yeah, That's the most yes. obvious evidence of yes. the extraction. Yeah. And that's the layer of like kind of foamy, yellow, oily thing at yes. the top of the coffee. Yes. Yeah. And you can only get that when you brew espresso at that kind of pressure. I see. Yeah. And there are certain machines out there that say that they brew espresso certain home espresso machines, certain capsule machines, but they don't actually brew at that pressure. So they've hoodwinked us! <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's just a different product. Yes. Yeah. Um, Marketing. It is. And it is convenient. So then what they're doing is they're selling you convenience, okay. right? Yeah. yeah. But what they don't tell you is that it's not really espresso. And I what see. that thing on the top is, the is crema. not really crema. I yeah. see. All these machines actually have certain mechanisms to help yeah. incorporate air and yes. to swirl the coffee around before it comes out. To create the false illusion of crema. Exactly. But it's actually... <laughs> yellow foam oh, <laughs> it's wow. not actually crema. okay I didn't know that yeah. Yeah. and so if you just leave it on the table beside a properly extracted espresso yes. you'll see the difference in how the crema the yellow foam breaks Sits. down oh breaks yeah. down the crema okay. will just kind of dissipate over some time and the foam it becomes big bubbles of yellow yes. cream okay. yellow something yeah, yeah. yeah. so oh. there is a difference yeah. Um, yeah. and there is a difference in the flavour and the aroma that's produced as well Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not to say that it's not good. It still yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. It's just a different kind of coffee. So you're yes. not really getting espresso. Okay. And that's why I think these are probably the cheapest machines that you can get that yeah. can actually produce real espresso. And you're using a grinder outside. Yeah. Is that something that you recommend yes. as part of the setup? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. for beginner baristas who are really targeting, beginner baristas who have learned the skills and who want to practice those skills mm-hmm. but don't want to sink in too much money the, into their craft. Yes. So one of the most important things that you need to have as a beginner is the grinder. 
the machine, really the basic one will do. The grinder yeah. is really important. And so what we do is we bundle the machines and the grinders together. And yeah. those grinders are definitely not the best, but they're good enough. Mm. And not all grinders on the market can actually grind to that fineness that espresso requires. Oh, this see. one can. Yes. Yeah. And it's all in one affordable package. Amazing. And yeah. all on the website. The all on good. the website. Yeah. Okay. So what is your advice for anyone, maybe not in the coffee space, but anyone embarking on an entrepreneurial journey? Mm. Well, I think you always need plan. Okay. Yeah. So yes. always have an idea. Always write down the steps, right? It's not enough to just have an idea. But why do you have that idea? Why do you want to even take that first step and to pursue this entrepreneurial dream of yours? Mm. What is the motivation behind it? Is it just making money? Mm. Because if it is, then why this in particular? Because there are many, many ways of making money. If money is your only motivation, then I think it's important to just take a step back and think if there's anything else. It can't just be about money. It has to be something that you believe in. Yes. It has to be something that people need or yes. something that will help people. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah. authenticity and is really what keeps something going. And people yeah. will be drawn to that because they know yeah. what's authentic and what's not. And yeah. if you genuinely believe in something, mm. that will show in yeah. everything you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, can't just great about, advice. it can't just be about money. But it's easy to make money. Yes. Uh, there are many, many ways of doing it. Yeah, you can't build something around money. No. <laughs> and I guess that plays into my next question, which is when the going gets hard, when mm. things become very challenging and you're not seeing the fruit, mm. what is your advice for people who just want to throw the towel in and say, you know what, maybe I'll just go to my nine, back to my 9 to 5 job? I think it's important to have a support network. Yes. You need people who have been there with you every step of the way, mm. who can remind you of why you came out mm. and started this thing in the first place, yeah. who can encourage you, but at the same time also give you some proper perspective. Because yeah. you don't want just blind followers or blind supporters, yes. right? People who tell you, yeah, yeah, go, go, go for it, go for mm. it, even though you've tried so hard yeah. and it's just not working out. Yeah. You need people who genuinely care for you, mm. who know your vision, yeah. and who can give you an accurate and uh, genuine perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Great advice, <laughs> Eugene. So yeah. good because I feel like we've canvassed a lot this yeah. talk. We've talked <laughs> about your journey. Is there any parting words that you would like to, any advice or parting words you'd like to tell our listeners? Yeah, I think if you're thinking about entrepreneurship, trying something new, take that step. Nothing beats starting something and building something of your own. Yes. And what's the worst that could happen? It's that you don't achieve your dream and you go back to where you are now. Yep. It's nothing to lose really yes. in life. You just got to take that step and yes. try it out. Because otherwise you'll, you know, you'll never know. What um, if I yeah. had done that? Yeah, and so I think is. sometimes it requires, a, oftentimes, not sometimes, it takes a leap of faith. And so I think you take a leap of faith and you have ecosystem, you have vision, mission, values. I always go back vision, to that. Vision, mission, yeah, vision, culture. Yes. Vision, mission, but of course, it, it's not just yeah. built in fairy dust. It's <laughs> obviously you have advisors who can give you proper perspectives, mm. can give you sound advice to just bring you to the next level. So good. Thank I'm you. so impressed with what you're doing. And apparently you have a promo code for us. Oh, yes, yes. So all the viewers of The Legal Eagle, since I always listen in to Legal Eagle as oh, well. Oh, thank you for your yeah. support. <laughs> so if you would like to buy any of our machines or accessories, there's a special promo code. Just log on to our website, www.thelawfulgood.sg. Type in the promo code Sarah May. S-A-R-A-H-M-A-E okay. and you'll get 20% off all of our machines and grinder combos Fantastic. and 5% off the accessories. Wonderful. I'll put the, all the details in the show notes. Thank you, Eugene, for sharing your journey. Thanks for having me. And so excited to see how the lawful good excels and goes from glory to glory. 
And for listeners, please check our episode out at Sarah May Thomas LLC. It's on Instagram. We're on YouTube. So check out, make sure you like, share and subscribe uh, to your friends because the more you share this content, the more people get to hear about amazing journeys like the one Eugene has taken from going wearing his barrister hat to his barista hat. So stay tuned for future episodes. Thank you for tuning in and have a lovely day. Bye.